good morning, church. How is everyone this morning? It is great to be with you all today. So a quick reminder, um, we still have some Operation Christmas Child boxes there on the table out in the lobby. If uh, you have not yet grabbed one, today is your last chance to grab one as those are due back next Sunday on November 12th. Um, that week following next Sunday is distribution week. Uh, where we gather up all the boxes, we get them to their distribution centers, and they get sent off to wherever they go to process and then end up getting sent out so that they get to get to the kids that would receive them at Christmas time. Uh, so if you have not grabbed a box yet, grab a box. If you've never heard of Operation Christmas Child before, real quick, it is a ministry that it, uh, runs through Samaritan's Purse. It's where you take a box, you fill it up with uh, some gifts for children, and uh, those boxes get sent to, uh, well, all over the world to bless children at Christmas time, and it becomes an opportunity to share the gospel uh, with children and families. So it's a, it's a great way uh, to be able to touch the lives of children the world over. Uh, so grab a box if you haven't yet. If you have already grabbed a box, grab another box. There's nothing wrong with doing that, I don't think. But uh, bring those back by next Sunday. If you're a first-time guest with us, we're glad that you're here, especially my name is Cody King. And I'm the campus pastor here, and I uh, just want to welcome you. I do have a favor from you, though. If you will take a few moments, find a communication card from a seat nearby. Um, if you'll fill that out for us, just give us a little information about who you are. Um, we'd love to uh, put a name with the face. On the back side of that card, you'll find a place for prayer requests. We'd love to know how we can be praying for you. There's also some boxes for some next steps if you're interested in getting to know us a little bit more. But after the service, please take that card across our lobby to where the couch is out here. Uh, there will be someone there after the service that would love to pray with you if you need prayer. Uh, but we'd also like to give you a gift uh, for spending some time with us this morning. Uh, everyone else, please let us know how we can be praying for you and drop that card in the offering box as we leave. So our service this morning is going to look a little bit different than normal. Um, if you've been with us for a while, at the end of our James series, we did a similar thing as to what we're going to do this morning. But uh, we're going to spend time and intervals of praying to the Lord and responding to what we learned in our study uh, or series over money matters. Uh, so we're going to have intervals of prayer and then praise. We're going to have time of praying and then time of singing. Um, and we're going to reflect on what we learned and ask the Lord to help us move forward with some of those things. So as we begin, we're going to start with just our first area was in week one when we started the series, we found our foundational verse and we'll read this several times this morning again, but Ephesians 4.28 says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So as we looked at this in this first week, we find the establishment of a new life in Christ, this first context for Paul's writing, and we should respond to that new life in, in a myriad of ways, and this specific way for us is that we should look to do uh, honest work, we should look to labor. And Brandon began this series talking about how we were built, we were created to do work. And some of that work is hard work. But our work becomes a means of worship. The way we pursue the thing that we do gives us a way and our heart away in how we worship the Lord in the thing that we do. So each of us has been entrusted by the Master, by the Lord, with certain gifts and talents and abilities to do our work and to work hard with those things. We looked at the parable of the talents in Matthew, and uh, Jesus tells this parable about this master who has these three servants, and he is going to go away for a time, so he gives these three servants 
uh, some talents, or he gives them resources to steward in his absence. Two of those servants did hard work. They went to work with what they were given, and they produced more of it. But that third servant, he didn't. He didn't understand the master. He believed he knew who the master was, but he didn't, and he buried his resources. The master returns, and you have two servants give what they worked hard to produce. And the master called them faithful servants. It says, enter into the joy of your master. But then that third servant, he said that you're wicked, you're slothful, you're lazy, because you did not do the work that I had in, for you to do with the resources that I gave you. So we learn that we're given things by the Lord. We should be working hard with those things to produce things for the Lord. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 say this. It says, whatever you do, it says, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So in serving Christ is the way that our work becomes an act of worship. If we do everything with a mindset to glorify the Lord, when we do that well in obedience to Him, we receive an inheritance. Our goal should be to hear from the Master, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, I will set you over much. And then he says, enter into the joy of your master. So let's pray now, this morning, and just reflect on those things. Let's pray and ask God to help us see our work as worship. Let's seek forgiveness for ways that we've squandered time or we've been lazy. And ask God to help us see our work as a means of worship. Let's pray together. of grace is Jesus my redeemer there is no more for heaven now to give he is my joy my righteousness and freedom my steadfast love my deep and boundless peace 
the second part of Ephesians 4, 28. Paul says there, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. And he says, doing honest work with his own hands. And as we talked about honest work, the word in the Greek for honest is agathos. And it, when it refers to a person, it signifies someone that is excellent or pursues excellence in their existing position. So wherever the person is at that is doing honest work, whatever trade it is, whatever industry it is, when we pursue honest work, it should be work that is considered excellent. It should be work that is considered good or honorable, upright. Most importantly, it's work that is acceptable to God. But oftentimes in our work, we can become a little bit lazy in our work or we don't work quite as hard today as what we did yesterday. Sometimes when our boss is out of the office, we may be a little bit more lazy than what we should be whenever a boss is present in the office. But it puts us in a position where we're not pursuing work as good work and excellently, regardless of who's in the office, because we understand we're looking to do work that is acceptable to God. And it's Him the one that we're doing work for. But what provides for us the ability to do that good work, first and foremost, comes from a good God. Psalm 118 verse 1 says this, it says, uh, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Scripture points out that, that the Lord is the one that's good, and when we connect with Him, it's out of His goodness we have an ability to agathos, to do good work with our own hands. Colossians 3.17 says this, that because of his goodness, Paul says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in. See, in God's goodness, he knew that one day we would be within his family, and within his family, he has things for us to do. There are good works, agathos works that he has put in place for you and I to do. So wherever you are at, again, whatever industry, whatever trade, if you're not working, if you're a stay-at-home stay mom, you're working. I know you know that. We should pursue all those things with excellence, looking to glorify the one that put us in the place to do that work to begin with. Looking to glorify him instead of ourselves in our workplace. When we seek to serve ourselves in our workplace or whatever we may be doing, we can become thieves. We can become glory thieves. But Paul said, let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor doing honest work. So let's reflect and let's pray. Let's ask God to help us be stewards of his resources, but ask God to help us complete honest and excellent work that represents Christ. And then plead with God to help you accomplish his work in your life, whatever work that may be. Let's pray together again.
strong and I've witnessed it. You're constant, I've witnessed it. And I'm confident I'll see it again and again. You love and I've witnessed it. You heal and I've witnessed it. You save and I've witnessed it. And I'm confident I'll see it again and again. There are many things that we do witness. It is my belief that as we continue to move forward by God's grace, we will continue to witness many more things that the Lord has done and will continue to do through us. But in many ways, that song leads us right to this next point, is that we are meant to share the things that we have in order to be witnesses for things that others may see. The last half of that verse there in Ephesians 4.28, once again, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands. And he says, so that. The reason for that is so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. 
the means with which we become witnesses to where other people can see the difference that Christ has made in our life is by the way we give of what he has given to us. As we meet the needs of others, we create scenarios and situations where we become witnesses to Christ's goodness and they themselves become witnesses to what he has done in our life and then so on and so on and so on. And the witness continues. Jesus, before he ascended on back to the Father, one of the last things that he says to his disciples, he says, behold, you are my witnesses. What's interesting in the Greek, the word for witness is martyr. What does that knowledge do for you? Not that you should physically give of your life, but if so, the case. But to be a martyr for the Lord is simply to live a life of witness so that others can see what he's done in our life and in your life. So yes, when it comes to money matters, and the things that we have, we receive from the Lord. They're not for us so that we can just be a witness to God's goodness in our life. The things that we receive from the Father are meant to be given away, to be a testimony to Him so that we continue to be a witness outward for others. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, Paul's response. He says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When it comes to what we have... We're not meant to receive from the Lord to store it up just for ourselves. We're meant to give, but in that giving, it shouldn't be something that we feel guilty about. There shouldn't be any compulsion other than our obedience to respond to the Lord. For God loves a cheerful giver. So our giving becomes a means with which it gives away our hearts. What is the position of our heart in our giving? If we're begrudgingly writing a check to put in an offering box, I would say keep your check. You're not giving it for me. But if you're giving it to the Lord and you have an understanding of, Lord, do what you will with what you've given me. I want to honor you with it. Therefore, you will find a heart that is cheerful. And the Lord does wonderful things with such a heart. And people become witnesses to it. But God gave his son out of his loving kindness and grace as a holy example of his great love for us. To that, we are witnesses. So let's respond. Let's confess ways that we've left God out of our giving. We've stored up things that he's given us with not a mind to give back to others, to meet needs of others. Let's seek forgiveness for ways that we've struggled to be cheerful at times in our giving. And let's ask God to produce in us a heart that overflows with generosity so that others may witness what he's done in our life. Let's pray once again.
2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, Paul says this. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake, or yet for your sake, he became poor, so that by you, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So Paul points out that the grace of our Lord is that he would send his son, but his grace is that his son would leave the riches of heaven, the glory of heaven, and he would humble himself. He would come to poverty so that you and I could come to him by his grace and that we may be rich. And as we talked about that in that week in our teaching, as we look at the riches with which Jesus left in heaven aren't the riches with which we define them to be here. The poverty that he entered into isn't the poverty with which we understand to be poverty. But God left the glory of heaven. He left presence of the Father to come to earth, to come to the brokenness in which we live. In that he became poor. Yes, God, Jesus didn't have things on this earth. He was poor in a worldly sense as he was here, but he left riches to become poor so that in our poverty we could come to him and receive the riches of heaven that he left. That's a wonderful truth, a wonderful thing to resonate within our hearts as to realize the riches that we have in Christ and they far outweigh any wealth that we would define here. That we were poor, we were beggars, the richest man on this earth is a poor beggar in need of the riches of heaven. And God made a way through his son, and it was by grace. The word in the Greek for grace is charis, and it means goodwill, loving kindness, and favor, specifically of God. This is a characteristic of God that you and I, when we think of us bestowing grace on someone else, we're only able to do that because of the grace that exists within the Father that was given to us through His Son, that we respond in ways that give grace. We love because He loved us. We forgive because He forgave us. We give because He has given to us. When it comes to our resources, we learn that we should give as an act of grace because of the undeserved divine grace that you and I have received in Jesus Christ. So let's thank God for that grace and ask for ways to further display that in our lives. So praise God for the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. Let's thank God for sending His Son to identify with us in our poverty so that we can become heirs of His grace. And then prayerfully ask God to help you do his will to steward your life and your resources to honor him.
remember who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time, and sin separated. The breach was far too wide, but from the far side of the castle, you had me in your sight. So you.
here in just a few moments we're going to take the Lord's Supper together and in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul gives a warning around the Lord's Supper and how we take it and how we come to the Lord's table and I feel compelled this morning to read this portion of it and then we're going to have time to reflect as we've prayed and then we've sing, sung a song I want to do the same thing here right where you're at to take some time with the Lord but this is what Paul encourages us with he says whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord he says let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup he says for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself now we spent a good time this morning praying and just reflecting on specific areas according to the prompts that we've had according to a teaching that we just finished and while that is absolutely important for us to reflect on I want us to take the next few moments as the band instrumentally plays just right where you're at between you and the Lord seek his face and areas of your life that you've hidden that you've kept back from the Lord confess those things Maybe there's a brother or sister in Christ that you know that you're, out, you're unreconciled with. God's word would say, examine your heart before partaking. Do your best to go and make right with a brother or sister. If they're in this room, then walk across the room and make right right now. But seek the Lord, seek his face. And then we'll sing the song, and when we begin to sing the song, Come and receive the elements. Take them back to your seat and then wait. And we'll take it all together after. But take some time now, just between you and the Lord, and seek His heart.
Apostle Paul said that for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you he says do this in remembrance of me same way he also took the cup after supper saying says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood says, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me then Jesus said for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes 
What a proclamation that grips me every time. For Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried. And then three days later, he was risen according to the scriptures. So that you and I might have freedom in his name. And this is what we proclaim. This is what we witness. I long for the coming of our Lord. But until then, may we proclaim that he is in fact coming. Amen. Let's sing together once more. At the end of the Lord's Supper, Scripture says that the disciples and Jesus sang a hymn together. So let's sing that song once more before we part this morning.